Hi, everyone, and welcome back. So grateful for everybody who returns to our podcast every week. If you haven't yet, please, please, please leave us a rating review. Good, bad. We want to hear from you. We want to know how, can, how we can improve and what we're doing that's right, what we're doing to help you on a day-to-day, weekly, monthly, everyday basis. Let us know. But today, today I am so excited. I have the Multifamily Syndicator podcast host and entrepreneur, Kyle Mitchell. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Hey, thanks for having me on, Peewee. I'm really excited to be here. Super excited to have you on. So about Kyle, Kyle Mitchell is a real estate entrepreneur who has a focus on multifamily syndication and currently has 17 million assets under management. He is the managing partner and co-founder of Limitless Estates, whose vision is to provide A-class living to lower income housing by putting the residents first and instilling a sense of community while inspiring others to do the same. That's inspirational, Kyle. Kyle is also the co-host of the weekly real estate podcast, Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate, where he speaks with several various experts in the real estate industry to help educate and create clarity for passive investors. With a background in operations, management, and logistics, he has overseen multi-million dollar businesses and has a passion in doing the same in the multi-syndication space. Welcome, Kyle. That is amazing. Thanks. I'm uh, really excited to be here and add as much value to your listeners as possible. Fantastic. So Kyle, tell me, tell me how you got started investing. Yeah, that was back in 2013. And at that time, I had a full-time corporate job and I really was just looking for a place to put my money to work. I had had, uh, I would just say a negative experience in high school, actually, with the stock market. It wasn't much money. It was a couple thousand dollars, but about three months after I put it in, it was gone. And so I said, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. And uh, from there, I just started looking for other avenues. And for some reason, just real estate clicked for me. But I started listening to some podcasts, reading some books. And uh, at that point, I just invested in turnkey single family homes, which, you know, looking back, I learned a lot. I wish I would have jumped into multifamily straight away. But uh, like I said, I I did learn a lot in the process. So uh, I started doing that in 2013. Um, also have my real estate license in California just to learn more about real estate and the laws uh, that go along with it. And, you know, quickly I learned that it was going to be very difficult to scale. I, I got up to nine single family homes. And, you know, once you hit that 10, 10 loan mark, um, at that point, you need to start looking at different loans, like commercial loans. And, you know, the numbers seem to not make sense with single family homes at that time. And again, like I said, I would have to have 100, 200 homes in order to get to the cash flow that I wanted to at that point, buying turnkey uh, to leave my full-time W-2. So, um, you know, I had those for a couple of years. I had been looking around for other avenues to leave my full-time job because at that point, my full-time job, my company was shrinking and I was the type of person that wanted to keep growing. So, um, and then I just heard a podcast from uh, Michael Blanc actually, and it just clicked for me, you know, and I bought a course, I started learning about it, I understood the business metrics of it, which is one thing I really love about multifamily. And 11 months later, I left my job to pursue it full time. And that's, that's kind of my story. That's amazing. It's, it's amazing how we kind of have similar stories. Jason and I started our real estate journey back in 2013 as well. And 
we started with the single families. We started with turnkey. We started growing slowly. Do I wish it started multifamily back in 2013? Of course. Of course I do. But talk about the growing process throughout that time period. I talked to so many first-time investors who are just like, Peely, I just want to jump in and do it. What kind of advice would you give to those first-time investors based on what you did in the past? Yeah, I did learn a lot with those, the single family space. With single family, I learned buying turnkey, you know, you, learn, you lose a lot of your equity on day one because everyone else has got to make the money and you're kind of stuck with, you know, the end product. So I think if you're going to hold on to them for 30 or 40 years and just cash flow them, they may be okay. But really, to me, turnkey is not the best investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did learn how to manage the property managers, make sure you're checking up on them you know, making sure you fire fast, hire slowly. So there were a lot of good things and positive things that I learned about it. Um, but I would just suggest to anyone getting started, you know, always build a team and have a good team around you. If I would have taken time to try and not do it on my own, I probably would have found multifamily a little bit sooner um, and then surrounded my self with people who have done it before so they can give me that advice. I was listening to podcasts, but I was listening to podcasts specific to turnkey investments. I didn't really broaden my education base, which, you know, probably would have led me to a a little bit of a different path off the beginning. So key. So many of the key points that you said right there, learn from what you, what you're doing build a build a team and i actually want to go back a little further to what you were talking about in the beginning you mentioned michael blanc and he's he's an amazing guy he's a mentor tell me how mentorship has affected your life and your your business yeah we would not be anywhere where we are today without mentorship and you know mentorship can be done in different forms it doesn't necessarily need to be a paid mentorship however that's kind of how we started but I have several other mentors in the multifamily space that I look up to and follow, and they're my mentors in my mind as well. Um, But really, you know, I'm a Tony Robbins guy, and so he talks about modeling yourself after others, you know, and that's kind of our business model. And we model ourselves after people who have done it before, who have, you know, gone through the bumps and bruises, so you don't have to go through all that. Now, as an entrepreneur, as a real estate investor, there's always going to be bumps along the road but do your best to learn from others before, you know, you go in there and make the same mistakes. I have a saying that I almost pound into people on a daily basis. No new ideas. I follow every day. I ha- I, like, yep. I tell myself this. I'm like, okay, is this, is my creativity, is that helping or hindering what I'm trying to do? And if you just follow those things that other people have done, like you said, you'll find success that way. So through mentorship, through, through following the success of other people, you have also found success. So that's amazing. Everything that you've, all the value that you're giving so far. Thank you so very much. So let's talk about, you know what? <laughs> this is one of my favorite topics. Let's talk about getting out of your comfort zone. So what, first of all, cause you, you partner with your wife, right? Correct. So talk about, And I also partner with my husband, Jason. So talk about your mindset versus her mindset and how you both got out of your comfort zones. Yeah, we definitely cannot do it without one another. I think just the support that we've given each other over the last three years has been tremendous. And 
uh, I really cannot imagine my journey without her through that. You know, I was a person and I am a person that's very introverted. I cannot walk into a random meetup or party and just start up a conversation. I really just can't. Now, if the other person's talking, fine, but I'm just not that introvert or extroverted. Um, she is the exact opposite of that. She can hold the conversation for hours and hours and hours with a person she doesn't know. So on that, we balance each other very well. But really, it goes back to making sure your goals are in alignment. And we go back and, and look at those goals on a yearly basis and then reevaluate them every quarter. But when we first started the journey into starting our multifamily company, we both made sure we were in alignment. And that's really important because as a husband and wife team, you know, you're not just working together, you're living together and you're, and you're creating a life together. And if you're not on the same page, it could really create some bumps in the road, you know? So I would say that is, is number one. And we just keep pushing each other to, to be better and know what our end goal is. And therefore we can provide each other with support. You know, being on the same page is really important because when someone's having a rocky day or, or having an issue with it, you can relate a little bit more. So it really goes back to being on the same page and setting those goals with one another. Fantastic. And I'm sure, I'm sure you get this question a lot because I know I do. How are you able to work with your wife, your significant other, the person you live with, you see them so much. I get this question so much. <laughs> mm -hmm. How, how do you do it? Well, we're not, full-time doing this. So I'm, I do this company full-time now. At first, we were both working our full-time jobs and spending a lot of time on the company. Now she really is focused on her full-time job. Um, and I focus on this company. She still helps with the podcasts that we do, the meetups. And, and you know, when we get a deal, she helps raise capital and all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, it goes back to alignment of goals. But the, the biggest challenge too is, you know, being able to separate work from you know, your life. And I think it's just being able to communicate with each other openly. And, you know, my wife and I are not always perfect at that, certainly. Uh, but we do our best to try and communicate and talk on a weekly basis about how we're feeling, where we're going, what we're doing, um, to just make sure we're on the same page. It's all about being on the same page and communicating and transparency. And I think a lot of people tend to shy away from that communication because they're tough conversations mm -hmm. uh, to have, certainly. Uh, but the more you lay it out on the table, the easier it gets. That's fantastic. And that's, that's good advice for any, any sort of partnership, whether you're working with your significant other, be in alignment, be on the same page, push, push each other to be better. And even though she has a full-time job, she does jump into, into what you're doing and she helps out with the podcast, you know, and you trust that she knows how to do everything in this asset class correctly. So you have your partner, um, definitely communicate, definitely communicate. That's key in any sort of partnership. So moving on, how, what should new investors know when working with lenders for the first time? Oh my goodness. So much, right? You just don't know what you don't know. And so my first uh, go around with lenders, well, first let me say dealing with a lender on a single family home and dealing with a lender on a multifamily property, they're not the same. You know, they're completely two different beasts. And so there's just so many little details where it goes back to building that team and modeling yourself after others and making sure you're talking to people who have been there before, because Otherwise, you're going to be very surprised by some of the things that the lender controls that you just have no idea on. I mean, if the lender wanted to on the last day on closing day, they could pull they can pull the loan. 
and there's nothing you can do. And by that time, your money's gone. So, you know, open communication. Again, I keep going back to communication, but just making sure that the lender knows where you're at with certain things. I think a lot of people try and maybe hide where they're at with the money raise or hide, you know, maybe some team members or things like that, or just not be as fully transparent. I think communication is, is so key and it will allow you to um, make huge challenges, just small road bumps, you know, because the longer you wait on telling the lender, the lender has all the keys. So if you tell the lender in, you know, two weeks from now, instead of today, you know, that you're having trouble with your, your money raise, or maybe one of the partners is leaving, you need to bring on a new partner. Well, they now need to underwrite someone new. They need to change up the paperwork and that's going to take longer. So the more transparent you are with the lender, the better in my opinion. Um, and, you know, just knowing that things can change on a dime. I mean, we had a deal this past year where, you know, Fannie and Freddie uh, lending, it, it basically came to a halt because they had over lent on their, on their yearly balance. And so at that point, rates shot up and interest only became a, a, a no. And, that completely changes your underwriting. So underwriting very conservatively, knowing that things can change, things are not always going to go into your favor as far as where the interest rates are, you know, the amount of years of interest only that you're getting. Um, and that there's so many different factors that play into that. So I just think it's very important to underwrite conservatively. And I would talk to my lender almost on a daily basis when the rates were going crazy. Now there's been years in the past where rates don't even move five basis points for the entire year, but we're in a different environment now. And there were days in one day where they would shoot up 10 to 15 basis points. And so as a, as a sponsor, you need to know those things because those obviously affect your returns, um, affect the amount of proceeds you're going to get from the lender. And those change on a day-to-day -day basis. That's amazing information. And you keyed on a, on something amazing. It's just, it's going back to communication. Like you have to communicate with your team and your lender, your lender, your attorney, your, all these people are part of your team and you should be con communicating with them. If not on the daily, on a weekly basis, just to get your eyes and ears on the market and get to get the information that they have that you might not. So especially for the newer investors out there that don't have other people calling them. I mean, we're at the point where our lenders call us just to make sure that we're good, we're handled, and there, and that everything in our business is doing fine. Reach out, communicate with the people that you have on your team. So talking about team members, let's talk about raising capital and bringing on people to help you raise capital or raising capital yourself. Um, your ideas, thoughts, yeah, I think that raising capital, if you've never raised capital before, it's a completely different industry than like managing a multifamily property, right? It's definitely, uh, I always say you get a peek behind the curtain of people's lives when you're raising capital because, you know, it's all about timing. If someone's having a baby or someone's traveling for a couple of weeks or someone's closing on a single family home and they need to show liquidity in their bank account, or maybe they just invested in two other deals. I mean, you know, I always tell people that if you want to raise a million dollars, you better have 2 million at least in commitments because life happens. Mm -hmm. And not everybody who says, yes, I'm interested in the next deal is going to invest in that next deal. So you need to be prepared for that. And it's also really important just to keep up with your investors, right? That's why we call them personally um, on a, 
other every other month basis just to touch base see if we can help add value and and see what they're up to because the more you communicate with them the more you're going to be you're going to be able to understand how much you really can raise but i think that that's a that's a key thing is just understanding that life is going to happen and not everybody is going to be able to invest in your deals so i have i have one story about an investor that he was accredited investor he is he was an amazing friend and we got we got a soft commitment from him months months before we even got a deal we got the deal we called him up he's like of course yes put me down for a hundred um month goes by we're doing good we get all of our you know eggs in the basket we call him up again he's like good we're i'm good i'm good week before closing he calls us He's like, you know what? My wife opened up this business. It's actually not doing so well. I don't have the money. And I, you know, I, I knew this about a month ago, but I didn't know how to tell you guys. I didn't want to let you down. So this is why you have to keep the communication open with your investors. For some reason, he didn't feel like he could tell us that he wasn't able to invest in the deal. And that was on us. That wasn't on him. Thankfully, we did overraise. We did have more soft commitments and we were able to cover that 100,000. But if you don't, like Kyle said, if you're trying to raise a million, have at least two in your back pocket just so you can cover, you know, it's people's lives. It's their, it's their livelihood. It's their money. And I always make sure if somebody's going to invest with me, that they're not just investing their last 25,000. I want to make sure that they're liquid enough that they're solid enough that they can invest. Do you agree with that? 100%. I mean, we've turned down investors before. And I know, you know, it's tough because when you're raising capital, you need to get to a certain number to close. Yes. So the pressure's on you, but you need to make the right decision for your investors. This is not about me um, and my capital. This is about our investors' capital. And you do not want to put a person, a family in a situation where they need to ride on this investment. You know, if they're in that situation, they're not financially ready to invest in a, in a real estate deal, unfortunately. Yeah, you know? they're just not the right investor for you. Maybe exactly. at a different time. Exactly. That's amazing. And I also, what, tell me what you think about this. I don't, I don't think I've ever had this conversation with you. I actually don't really like the term money raise or uh, yeah, capital raiser, raising capital, money raiser. Um, I've talked to a few lawyers and they're like that. Yeah, that can kind of get you in trouble with the SEC one day. I actually like the term providing opportunity because that's what we do. We provide opportunity to our investors. What do you think about that? 100%. I am not a big fan of capital raising either. I think in my mind, it at least has a bad stigma to it. Uh, other people would disagree, but I, you are providing an opportunity and that's a mindset shift, right? Especially that's a great advice for the people who are just starting out is, you know, you're not, you're not taking someone's money. You're providing them an opportunity on a deal. And if you don't believe in the deal, uh, then you probably can't say that you're providing them an opportunity. But if you really are providing them with, you know, a great deal, that's an opportunity. And a lot of people out there don't know about these types of opportunities, have their money stuck in the stock market and, you know, I mean, it has been doing well, you know, over the last 12 months, but you know, that's bound to, bound to end. But, um, you know, going back to what I was saying, I just think it's really important to understand from a mindset situation, you're providing people with an opportunity, you're not raising capital. And I think if you go into it, knowing that it is a lot easier to, to raise those funds. 
That's definitely a mindset change. As soon as I had that mindset change, because when we first started, I was like, oh, I don't want to talk to people about mm. giving me money. And <clears throat> I'm not sure who it was because I have, like you, I have a lot of different mentors. They changed my mindset. They're like, you're not raising money, Peely. You are giving people an opportunity to be in this amazing, amazing opportunity that you're giving them. So I was like, okay then I'm not raising money. I'm providing an opportunity for people. So on that note, before I let you go, tell me, tell me a quote or something that you follow or anything else that you can leave with my audience to get them to take the next step, to take action. I would go with a Tony Robbins quote. Um, you know, we went last year to his event in LA and he says, you're, you're just two millimeters away right? Just two millimeters, go that little extra step, or even the book, um, three feet from gold, same type of uh, concept and situation is just keep pushing. You're right there. Do not quit right before you get to that gold. That's fantastic. Three feet from gold. You're only two millimeters away, folks. So to all my listeners, you're right there. Just take that next step and then take the next step and then take the next step. And one day you will find that you're making your impossible dream possible. Again, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. How can my listeners find you if they have any questions or just want to find out what more they can do to help you? Yeah, we have all sorts of uh, free value that we add. So our, our website's the best. We've got a free passive investors guide for anyone that wants to learn about passive investing on our website. And that's www.limitless-estates.com. Or you can check out our podcast, which is... Uh, passive income through multifamily real estate. Fantastic. Again, thank you so much, Kyle. And to all my listeners out there, thank you. I am so grateful. Bye now.